You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, January 31st. I'm Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the governor delivers his state of the state and calls on lawmakers to back his policies on tax reform, education, and health care. Then the Democratic frontrunner in the gubernatorial race provides his response with an emphasis on Medicaid expansion. Plus, a celebrated musician featured on three Blues Trails markers adds a Governor's Arts Award to his list of honors. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Today, it's a cold, hard fact that really, really good things are happening in Mississippi. And it's my honor to stand before you today and announce that the state of our state is stronger than ever. Governor Tate Reeves delivered his State of the State address yesterday evening. From the steps of the Capitol, Reeves touted what he considered the key accomplishment of his three years in office while calling on lawmakers to further his conservative agenda. Reeves opened with his record on economic development, citing a boost in average wages, historically low unemployment rates, and a $4 billion budget surplus. He also celebrated a $2.5 billion capital investment project that required a special session of the legislature to secure. I'm proud of that grand slam. But we had more than just one major economic deal. That Grand Slam was great, but there were dozens and dozens of projects impacting every corner of our state over the last year. The fact is that thanks to our singles and our doubles, Mississippi is starting to run up the scoreboard. Last year, we announced a $2 million investment that will create 117 new upholstery jobs in New Albany. We announced a $79 million investment that will create 21 new operations jobs in Pelahatchie. We announced a $51 million investment that will create 41 new manufacturing jobs in Winona. From Canton to Philadelphia, Bay Springs, Columbus, Starkville and South Haven, Meridian, Calhoun and Waynesboro, Vicksburg, Olive Branch, and Corinth, just to name a few of the places that we announced investments 
this last year. My friends, when it comes to setting up our people and our state for more economic prosperity, we are, by every objective standard, getting the job done. The economic gains from these projects for Mississippians remains undetermined, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Between December 2021 and December 2022, the state experienced a 0% change in employment, the only state in the nation that didn't see year-over-year employment growth. And according to census data, Mississippi has the highest poverty rate in the nation, and the lowest median household income. Reeves also highlighted gains made in education. The governor celebrated growth in elementary reading and math proficiency, as well as the high rate of high school graduations. So when some people say Mississippi is last in education, folks, they're lying to you. Don't believe them. I want to stand here tonight and personally thank all the legislators that played a role in helping to pass those education reforms. I also want to thank all the involved parents and dedicated teachers across Mississippi. We couldn't have accomplished these goals without you. Our state, unlike some others that have been in the news, recognizes that we have a duty to both. We should ensure that parents continue to play an active role in their kids' education, and we should ensure that teachers are paid what they deserve. It is my firm belief that Mississippi has some of the best teachers in the nation, and their salaries should reflect that. That's why I was proud to sign legislation giving Mississippi teachers the largest pay raise in state history. That teacher pay raise went into effect this school year and raised the state's average teacher salary by around $5,000. Still, the Mississippi Adequate Education Program did not receive full funding last session, nor any session since Reeves has been either lieutenant governor or governor. Reeves is calling on the Republican legislature to continue reforms in education through his parents' Bill of Rights. I've been shocked to see how some states have embraced the misguided practice of pushing parents out of the classroom, pushing parents out of their children's lives, and pushing parents out of the school board decision-making process. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is more invested in the life and the future of a child than a parent. They shouldn't be labeled as domestic terrorists for simply asking questions or for attending a school board meeting. They should be celebrated for being invested in their child's education. As a father myself, I want schools across Mississippi to complement the lessons that parents are trying to teach at home, not reject them. That's exactly why I'm calling on the legislature to pass a Parents' Bill of Rights this session. (laughs) Through the Parents' Bill of Rights, we will reaffirm that in Mississippi, it is the state who answers to the parents and not vice versa. 
Perhaps the most talked about issue heading into the legislative session is health care. Many of Mississippi's rural hospitals stand on the brink of closure, and recent polling indicates a growing appetite among the state's residents for Medicaid expansion. Reeves, who has been a longtime vocal opponent of Medicaid expansion, instead called on lawmakers to come up with alternative solutions. This legislative session, I urge the legislature to think outside the box when it comes to improving Mississippi's health care system. Don't simply cave under the pressure of Democrats and their allies in the media who are pushing for the expansion of Obamacare, welfare, and socialized medicine. Instead, seek innovative free market solutions that disrupt traditional health care delivery models, increase competition, and lead to better health outcomes for our fellow Mississippians. Please do not settle for something that won't solve the problem because it could potentially and only temporarily remove the liberal media's target on your back. You have my word that if you stand up to the left's push for endless government-run health care, I will stand with you. The legislature's two minority leaders, Senator Derek Simmons and Representative Robert Johnson, say over 200,000 Mississippians are without health care. In a response submitted to Mississippi Today, they cited the state's high fetal mortality rate and a rise in preterm birth rate as reason to expand Medicaid coverage. Coming up, the Democratic frontrunner in the gubernatorial race provides his response with an emphasis on Medicaid expansion. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Yesterday, Governor Tate Reeves addressed a joint session of the state legislature, saying Mississippi is stronger than it's ever been. His State of the State address keyed in on economic development, education reforms, and solutions to the health care crisis. This year, Brandon Presley, Democratic candidate for governor, provided a response to the governor's address. Presley opened by recalling his time as mayor in Nettleton and discussed his record in his current office. Since then, I've served on the Public Service Commission to fight for families and against special interests who too often rule the roost in state government. We opened up closed-door meetings where the public was shut out, and we brought transparency to our state agency. I voted against boondoggles like the Kemper Power Plant and saved taxpayers over $6 billion dollars. Many times, I had to stand alone. It takes guts and backbone to stand by yourself when lobbyists and the folks with big campaign checks oppose you. That's called leadership. We don't have it with Tate Reeves, and that's exactly why I'm running for governor. But tonight isn't about me and my story. It's about you and your story, your family's story, and your community's story. It's about the Mississippi that we want to build together, 
So I ask you, do we want to keep going down the same old path that got us here, or do we want to start winning again? Presley turned quickly to health care in a crisis that could see over 30 rural hospitals in the state close. He countered Reeves with a more direct solution to keep hospitals open and health care workers employed. Mississippi is full of good people, but we're led by horrible politicians, and it's time for that to change. The reality is that under Tate Reeves' leadership, we're moving in the wrong direction. Nothing makes that clearer than where I'm standing tonight. I'm at what once was the Pioneer Community Hospital in Newton. It used to employ over 200 people. Now it's shut down for good. No doctors roaming these halls. No nurses tending to patients. No ambulances outside. No cars in the parking lot. Right now, there are 38 more rural hospitals just like the one I'm standing in, and they're on the brink of shutting their doors. If hospitals continue to close, the impact will be catastrophic. Jobs lost and health care for thousands gutted. Every time we close a rural hospital, folks have to drive farther and farther to see a doctor. And the true sad fact is that some will die. This is the reality that Tate Reeves has chosen to put us in. Make no mistake, he has made this choice. We have a solution. By extending Medicaid to the working people of our state, We can keep hospitals across Mississippi from experiencing the same fate as this one. All Tate Reeves has to do is lift his hand, take an ink pen, and sign on a line. Instead, he lacks the backbone and he will sit on his hands while people lose their jobs, some lose their lives, and our hospitals close. When Tate Reeves finally wakes up and asks why hospitals in Mississippi are closing, he should look in the mirror. And this hospital is just one example of how Tate Reeves and his policies are hurting our families. Presley also questioned Reeves' record on economic development. The one small-town mayor pointed to the challenges rural Mississippi faces in underserved communities. Mississippi is at the bottom of the nation for economic growth. We're one of only three states that have lost population, and the numbers recently released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows zero job growth in Mississippi. We're one of only seven states in this country that tax groceries. In the Mississippi Delta, there's only one pediatrician for every 4,000 kids. It's no surprise that we lead the nation in the deaths of children under the age of one. How is that pro-life? What does all that tell you? That Tate Reeves is only pro-life until you're born and then he's done caring about you. While he brags about budget surpluses, family budgets are running out. And while you are careful with your own money, he's throwing your tax dollars away. He's been caught in the middle of the largest public corruption scandal in our state's history. $77 million of taxpayer money that should have gone to working families that are struggling instead went to fund things like a volleyball court. A volleyball court and paid for speeches by famous people that were never even given. Some was even given to Tate Reeves' own personal trainer. And you should tune in because we're only just now learning how bad and how deep and possibly illegal all of this activity was. Presley closed his remarks saying he wants to build a Mississippi that focuses on the future, not the past. 
Coming up, a celebrated musician featured on Three Blues Trail Markers adds a Governor's Arts Award to his list of honors. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Classical, jazz, indie, blues, folk, bluegrass, whatever you call your music. Find it on MPB Music Radio on mpbonline.org or the MPB Public Media app or on an HD radio. Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Milton, ASC Certified Master Technician. Let me help save you some money working on your cars. Listen to our podcast, Autocorrect. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The annual Governor's Arts Awards are this Thursday. The event, done in partnership with the Mississippi Arts Commission, honors achievements in the visual and performing arts. This year, blues and jazz pioneer King Edward Antoine is being recognized for excellence in music. Antoine joined Maria Zarang of the Arts Commission to reflect on his start as a young musician in Louisiana. Oh, my whole family speak French, you know, and I uh, grew up as a kid. Speaking French, when you in Louisiana, especially around Rain and Lafayette and them kind of places, everybody speak French, white, black, and they speak French back in them days. Oh, yeah. They speak more French than they did English, you know. So I grew up speaking French and started playing my French music with my cousin, Clifton Chanel, yeah. back then in the 50s. And uh, after that, I started, get, grew up with playing the Zydeco, Keith Fee. I played behind Clifton Schnell Records, and, and then when I left there, I had to play behind uh, Dave Mount Brown, the legend, the guitar player. And then uh, my cousins had a group, and I got with them, and playing rhythm guitar, you know, and I didn't sing at that time. I was just playing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I grew up playing that, and I got good enough to get my own band back there. So I had two of my brothers to play with me. That's uh, Wilbur and Fulton, I had to win. And they played with me. And uh, my other brother, Nolan Strzok, was in Chicago. He had went with Lonnie Brooks in Chicago. So uh, after that, I, I grew up. I moved to Port Arthur, Texas. I moved to Port Arthur, Texas, and I, I started playing in a club called Lou Ann, a white club. Matter of fact, that's all I played was white club because I was playing country. I was playing blues, sadico, so they like they took me liking me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I started packing up the place, and they, they hired me, and... uh it was beautiful, you know, me coming up, learning, you know. So after I got good, good enough to do on my own, I decided I start doing some recording. But I, I, I waited till I got to Chicago. 
Mm-hmm. Well, before we talk about Chicago, um, I want to back up a little bit okay. and talk about your family because you, you know, you have your cousin Clifton Chenier, a famous Zydeco musician. Right. You have four brothers, right? They were right. all musicians. Right. Your father was a musician too, right? Yeah. And a lot of cousins. So you grew up in a very musical family. Was there always music in the home? What kind of music were y'all listening to and well, playing? Back then, see, my, my dad was playing Zydeco music, you know, with Clifton, and they played rubber bowls, and yeah. he played accordion. So I wasn't playing then. I was just watching and learning because I was you know, like a little kid. And uh, after that, my got brother played uh, guitar. Wilbur, he's mm-hmm. in Portland now. And I got a runner brother in Lafayette and Port Arthur, Texas, play guitar for Alton. And I got my brother in, in uh, Memphis, Nolan Struck. He played bass and sang. And me, there was four of us. And my sister sung for a while until she passed, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what was it about the guitar that you wanted well, to guitar, learn? Well, the guitar was... Uh, was what I wanted to do. That's what I liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought about singing, you know, until I got to try to sing when I got to Chicago because McKinley had me learning. But the guitar was the thing. Everybody wanted to have me play guitar, you know. Hey, man, you want to play behind me? Lonnie Brook, all of them, you know. So I decided I moved to Chicago. Yeah. So, well, actually, before Chicago, you were in Portland for a while, right? I wanted right, to talk about that because. Right. So you said in Louisiana you were playing Zydeco, you were playing country and a little bit of blues. Right. Portland, you were playing jazz with an orchestra. Talk right. about that. Talk about jazz. How was that different from the other genres you well, were playing? Well, when I got to Portland, I couldn't find no band that could play blues, you know, and I could find about it to play the blues and it was a it was a jazz group they had a 12 piece orchestra and the guitar player was leaving you know and they were looking for guitar players so the drummer said once you get King Edwards man he said King Edwards who's that he said God, he's a guy from Louisiana he said he said can you play jazz I said Are you, they interviewed me he said can you play jazz I said I can play chords you know, I know how to play cards, jazz cards. He said, well, that's all. We we got the solos. All you got to do is play the cards. He said, I got a teacher here, and the guy wrote music down. I said, man, I can't read that stuff. He said, well, I played for you on the keyboard. And the minute he played, I played right back behind him. He said, well, man, hey, how you did that? I said, wow. I, I said, well, I grew up like that. And you can't play nothing I can't play, you know. Mm, so you kind of learned it by ear then, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up teaching myself how to play yeah. by ear. So it's kind of a trial by fire then, huh, with the with jazz, just kind of learning on the spot. Yeah, yeah. That's what the, after I got into that jazz, uh, they finally decided me to let me play solos, you know, behind the orchestra. Because they had, we had about six horns. And uh, one guitar, two keyboard, they had orchestra, you know. So me, I, I just left a little four-piece, three-piece band. I had to kind of get used to that. I had to kind of get used to that. And uh, 
So, but after I got used to them, them guys were love. said, man, we love you, man. God, don't you play that guitar. King Edward Antoine is the recipient of the Governor's Arts Award for Excellence in Music. All 2023 recipients will be recognized at the two Mississippi museums in downtown Jackson on Thursday, Friday, or rather February 2nd at 6 p.m. The Governor's Arts Awards will air on MPB-TV on Friday, February 10th at 8 p.m. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.